Welcome to Walking with Freya, a journey through special needs parenting. This podcast is a place for parents and caregivers of children with special needs to share stories, the very real struggles and challenges we face, along with the inevitable love and joy these children have brought into our lives. This is a place for unapologetic honesty, well-intentioned laughter, and endless support. A safe place for us to learn, share, discuss, and help each other navigate this often unexpected journey. Be kind, be supportive, and when you can, keep the humor. My name is Annie, and welcome to Walking with Freya. Hey everyone, happy 2019. I hope that everyone is ready for this coming year and that you can look forward to it with excitement and promise for the things to come. My voice is a little shot. I celebrated the new year with some good friends and we stayed up way too late doing karaoke in the living room. So, um, Also, my husband is now napping in the bedroom and I've never had a listener while I was recording. So it's a little, uh, I'm hiding in the closet and I'm feeling a little shy. But other than that, <laughs> things are good. I have some some burgeoning ideas for this podcast and some writing projects for 2019. But otherwise, I myself am open to the whims of inspiration. For now, uh, I'm starting the new year off with our biannual trip to UCSF for appointments with endocrinology and ophthalmology. Freya and I will be solo on this trip, staying with friends, and we're looking forward to some fun and bustling city time. Except that, okay, I'm not really looking forward to the bustling city time, but I think it'll be fun to try something different for a bit and take Freya on some public transportation. That's going to be our big excitement. So we usually head down for the appointment so then maybe have time for dinner before we head back up the next morning after another appointment. But this time, because of the schedule, we have a good chunk of time to explore. And so I am kind of looking forward to it. I think it'll be fun. I'm not by nature a city person, so I am definitely bringing the rescue remedy with me. I think it's a good idea. So this episode today is a bit shorter than usual. It is not a typical episode where I interview a parent about their child. This is a talk with a woman named Monica Drought, a woman who created a business from home and has her own podcast called Work and Home Mom. She does have a connection to the world of special needs. She was raised with a sister, an older sister with CP. So she starts the interview telling us a bit about her sister and the experience of being raised in a family where daily therapies and wheelchairs and walkers are normal. But then she gets into the information that I really wanted to to bring to you. She talks about how she got into creating her own home business and the work from home that she did before this. She offers suggestions and resources for finding work from home and practical advice on how to get started on your own. So if 2019 is your year to figure out a new income while having the availability and flexibility that most of our children need, then this is a great episode to check out. And I have other interviews that have been recorded that are waiting in the wings for future dates. There is a mother to Havana, a 21-year-old girl with Rett syndrome. 
a new mom to 11-month-old Willow with Down syndrome. I had the pleasure of interviewing Sonia Story from Move, Play, Thrive, and we talked about reflex integration therapies. Andrea Clunder and her work in the Chicago schools to help kids with diverse learning create and publish their own podcast. I had some great talks in 2018 that I get to bring out now, and these are all beautiful, informative, and just really soul-touching stories, so I hope that you are looking forward to hearing them as much as I look forward to sharing them. As for more stories and your story, I would love to talk with you. I would love to hear your story, and I would love to share it with the listeners of this podcast. So do you do you need people to know more about your child do you under to understand them better or do you have a cause or a fundraiser that you would like to talk about and put out into the community let's talk about that are you a therapist or an educator that has something to offer this community through this podcast any any of these and beyond i would love to talk about so please email me annie at walkingwithfreya at gmail.com and let me know who you are and what it is that you would like to share because I am excited to listen. So before we get into the episode, I just want to jump in here and read an email that I got. Last week I had put out the special holiday bonus episode and I shared some of our mishaps with Freya over the holiday season and my intention was to share our experiences so if any of you felt like you were flailing at all or maybe not making the best decisions or not doing being the best supervisors or whatever um, that you would not feel like you were feeling the holiday frustrations alone so so I shared some of our stories and then I put a call out to anybody who felt like they wanted to share their stories And I did get this email, and I'm going to read this email. This is from Amanda, and she has been interviewed on the podcast. And if I was more prepared right now, I would tell you what number. She is the mom to Obi, who is on the autism spectrum. And so she sent me this email, and I just want to read the email about some of her holiday experiences and emotions. And please, if you feel inspired by this to tell... Uh, to tell your story uh, through an email and then have me read it. Just kind of a brief, oh, this happened on Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner, ah, or whatever. Um, I will read those on the podcast. Um, I don't have a set time. So Um, anyway, so here is the email from Amanda. She says, holidays for me are an opportunity to spend 14 hours a day, seven days a week with my kids because it's just me and no one else. There's plenty of time to do lots of things. Because I'm in so much pain and have mobility issues, that usually means I have to come up with a lot of things to do around the house. So I pick a few skills that I've been working hard at teaching my son, and I'll break them down into steps and usually work for 20 to 40 minutes, four to five times a day on these skills. And I think that's a great tip. Actually, I I really like that. I will have helped my son, that was an aside, by the way, okay, back to the email. I will have helped my son learn three to five new things that can lead towards his independence this holiday. 
I was able to teach Obi to completely wash his hair with all the steps and dry himself off and get himself dressed. These are huge, independent, wonderful things that have been very hard and challenging. We did a lot of academic games. He learned subtraction. I'm averaging six books a day that I read to him and four and a half hours a day that I do academic and social skills training. Wow, Amanda, you're amazing. That's another side. Good Lord, that's a lot of work. That's good for you and good for Obi. It's tiring. We go on a bike ride to go to the playground and come home. I found good media to share with them while we've we've been doing kids yoga storytelling in the morning. Found on YouTube. It's lonely. I haven't been in a situation where I was invited to anyone's house, whether it's a relative or a friend, for many, many years. We did get invited to a wreath-making party, which was absolutely fantastic, and Obi was not without its challenges. But he did last two hours, which is quite a long time for us to go somewhere socially. The teens had to tolerate him watching them play pool. I saw him getting super anxious, so I put him in the rocking chair and said, watch the whole game so next year you and I can play. I find that I can't really ever let my guard down. I would never be able to just relax and focus on having a conversation with other adults, but I was able to enjoy being there and do some things. And for me, I so rarely get an opportunity to talk with any other adult. That means five minutes here or there. I very rarely get a full 20-minute conversation with another adult, maybe once every two or three months at best. I wish the holidays was a time for my family to get to know my kids, but we never seem to be invited. And I really don't know what happened or exactly what the story is, but I think that it's better for me not to worry about the story and to move on. Living up here is so beautiful and gorgeous. I only wish that I had a better mobility so I could really enjoy all the beauty that is the area that I live in. I found this podcast to be one of the most important things that happened to me this year. And I want to send blessings to everyone, especially you, Annie, for putting out this amazing catalyst of support and learning. Oh, Amanda. So thank you so much for sharing and thank you for being honest about your experience and sounds like you're doing an amazing job and I know it's hard and uh, let's get another cup of coffee really soon and for all of you listeners out there um, yeah I hope you got something from that and again if you feel inspired to maybe not even come on the podcast necessarily in an interview if you're intimidated by that this is something else you can do just send me a brief uh, email a little story something that that you've experienced and I will happily read them on the podcast. So Amanda, thank you so much. And I hope that you all have a beautiful, wonderful, loving, and prosperous new year. Cheers to you all. And thanks for being here. Okay, so I am here with Monica Drought. Monica, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. And I know that you reached out when I had put out a call on uh, one of the Facebook groups that we're on about talking to people that have experience starting a business from home uh, with, with uh, starting with little capital and, and the process of that. But you also have the experience of you have a sister with cerebral palsy. 
Yes, it is. And since this is a podcast for parents of children with special needs, that was a good connection to have there too. So if we could start off talking about her and your experience growing up with a sibling, I, I think everybody would really appreciate it because it's always good to hear other people's stories and the experiences they have had. Is she younger or older, your sister? She's older. She's my oldest sister. I have two sisters. They're both older than me, but she's the oldest of, of the three of us. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I'm the youngest of three and, uh, you know, growing up with a sister with, with CP, um, it was just very normal. It was normal to me because, you know, I was, I was the last born. So I grew up with her being in, using crutches, using a walker, being in a wheelchair, to having physical therapists come to our house every week to do physical therapy with her. She was part of a lot of, um, programs in the, in our town. And she did, um, and she competed in the games for the physically challenged in our state every single year. So I was always like, in, I was always in that world constantly ever since I was born. And the thing that really bothered me growing up um, was that every time we went went somewhere, like to the mall or any any public place that had a lot of people, it always bothered me. It made me really angry when people would look at her differently. Like look at her like she was like from another planet or like why was she why were her legs that way and it made me very angry a lot um because i didn't understand why they didn't understand but but when i but i was younger then so i didn't you know really get it that like they like my family is not the normal stereotypical family mm-hmm. like there are there are there are other families that have a special that have children with special needs but it's not like so like is a majority so i didn't understand why they just didn't accept her for how she looked and how she was and then growing up as i got older um she's five years older than me so she there's a significant age gap there Uh but as i got older and she um graduated from high school and she went to college went to college on a full scholarship and then that's when like a lot of the more of the real world stuff came in because you know you're out there and you know, trying to become an adult, and she had a really tough time. Um, you know, she graduated college. Uh, she went to college. I forget which went to college for actually. Um, it was a long time ago. But she graduated from college with her bachelor's degree, and then she had all these like hopes and aspirations of living on her own and getting a job, and you know, you know, having her own her own place. And it's been really, really hard for her. And um, I understand the the mindset of people when they when they see her um you know coming in for an interview or whatever like it's like it's automatically automatically judge judge her even even if they don't intend to mm-hmm. just just by how just by how she is and it's 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 very it's is very unfair but there is there are a lot of people out there and programs out there that are there to help her and um she went through a really tough tough patch for a while um she couldn't find you know, the job that she wanted and she was hitting a, hitting a couple walls of depression, but she's doing a lot better now. She has a full-time job now. Um, she's looking to get into some, um, some assisted housing. They have like apartment complexes where she lives that, that help people with physical disabilities find housing and live independently. Um, so she's doing a lot better now, but there were a lot of times when she was just like hitting wall after wall after wall. And um, it was, it's hard to see her struggle um, with that, but she's very much a go-getter and she never really f- ever felt sorry for herself. And she really was like inspirational 
inspirational person for the most part. She um, never felt bad for who she was. She was always someone who um, stood up for other people like her or not, not even necessarily disabled people, but like she was a big like advocate in like the lesbian and gay community. Um, she has a lot of um, friends that have other things like cystic fibrosis. She's super advocate for that and other disease, other disease like Parkinson's disease and um, like Asperger's and autism. So she is completely in 100% ingrained in that, in, the, in, that, in that space. And it's, it's really um, help. That's, that's just who she is. And it's, I think it's, it's, it's great that she never, and never once said to herself, like, I'm this way. And it's because like, I don't know, God hates me or whatever. It was always taking it and running with it, running with the positives and making it, doing the best she could with what she had. So yeah. yeah, about it. I, that's the long and short of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good to hear that she's doing so well and that she is, um, you know, taking on being an advocate for other groups and turning it or not even turning that, but you know, just that she's there for, for other people. And I know that that is something that I had read about my, uh, when my daughter, when I was first reading about her diagnosis, that there's differing ends of the spectrum of where they fall um, intellectually. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I had read that the people who ha- are, you know, have higher IQs are a little more uh, intellectually developed, that, but they have this conscious, more of a consciousness of how they fit into the world differently and that that can affect depression that can bring on things like depression. And, and so I imagine, you, you know, there is, but and I think you know in some ways that when people have intellectual disabilities, it in some ways it's easier on their on their heart maybe because they don't necessarily see or notice that they're being treated differently, and so to have something that is just a physical disability and to be totally mentally aware of <laughs> how you're being treated differently, and I imagine is a huge challenge and frustration, and so. Um, right, right, and then and and I can't even imagine like being like living a life in her shoes, like I, because I I wouldn't even know how to like do it. So I I and I know that she did, I know that she doesn't have a choice. You know, it's just how she is. She never got a choice in it. But um, it's just it's it's just inspiring to see some because some people that happens to some people or even people who. Um, let's say they're, you know, they have like an accent or something and they end up like having a disability later on in life. It, it, it affects people a lot and a lot of people affects them negatively. So just taking that and just acceptance is a big part of it. And I think the, that mm-hmm. the sooner that, that you accept who you are and, and what your challenges are, um, this goes for everyone though, not even anyone with, with right. disabilities, like just know who you are and know, know your strengths, your weaknesses and just accept it and, and run with it and do the best you can. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. I mean, once you hit that, once you get to that acceptance, then I think it's easier to, to face the challenges that come up and, and you're just happier and you, and you can see things for what they are and appreciate what they are. And, uh, you know, so it's good for your sister. I'm glad that, I'm glad that she's doing so well. Yeah. When you, when you were growing up, I mean, I know you said she's five years older, but did you have moments, like, did you have this feeling that you were kind of, you needed to protect her? in a way or kind of look out for her? Did you ever have those kind of feelings or? Um, I'm sure I, I did. Nothing comes to mind on the top of my head. 
and like the only really thing I remember is being is just being like whenever I saw someone look at her weird or you know just it's like it was mostly like the stare and people who just would stop and stare at her like, what are you looking at she's like just a person just leave her alone like don't stare at her you know yeah I, I, I never saw anything wrong with her like I didn't I never thought that her that her CP was like was something that was wrong you know and and I think that's that's what when I was younger I was I guess a little bit confused by that, but that's just because you know I was a kid and I didn't I didn't really know the full grasp the full concept of it and how and how she was a lot different from other people um, because it was it was my my family my normal everyday life you know she was in it every single day of my life so and you know n no one else in my family I come from my I come from a pretty big family um, we have a lot of cousins and aunts and uncles and you know and no one no one ever treated her differently in my family like you know so it was it was just when we were outside the walls those i guess those accepting walls it was just a different a different space and um sometimes it was it, it was just really difficult to see other people just looking at her differently or even treating her differently yeah yeah i imagine I remember, um, this is maybe seems like a random memory, but my nephew has CP, but he also has uh, some intellectual uh, disabilities. But he, I remember, you remember the old Nintendo game sets with like, because yeah. mm -hmm. he, he only had the use of one hand. And I remember trying to play a game with him and he, God, he was probably like four, four or five. And he had the controller on the ground. And so it was just had one hand and was just working the controller. And he totally, whatever, I don't remember the video game, but he totally won. And I just, it was awesome just watching him just, you know, adapt to the situation and um, adapt his skill. And he has since, and he's almost 30 now, but for a while there, he was doing archery. And I have yet wow. to see a, a video of it. I still want to see a video, but he was actually competing in archery and like in with, um, you know, typically developing people. And I, I, I don't know how he did it, but. Uh, I want to see that video. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I should, I should. Uh, I should hit up my, my brother and see if he's got a video of it because it's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, I remember um, when my sister went to her prom for her high school, um, there was a, a kid in her class who didn't have any arms. He was, he just had, he was in a wheelchair and he used his feet for everything. He ate with his feet. He like wrote with his feet. He, this kid was like, he was like master, a master foot, I don't know, like a, a foot master with his feet. It was just incredible just watching him do things. It was just like, I was, my mind was blown, um, <laughs> like how good he was with his feet. Like, it was just incredible. Yeah, awesome. Did she go to, she went to a, a, like a, I don't even say regular, but like a general education school? She went to um, public school. In high school, she went to um, a school called Henry Biscardi School, and that's based in New York where, where I grew up. And this is school for, 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 uh, students with physical and mental disabilities. Okay. Um, so like all of her high school friends were all, you know, they had whatever, um, wheelchairs, they had all sorts of things, physical disabilities and mental disabilities. Um, so, so yeah, it was like, complete, I think she tried to go to the public high school for like a couple of weeks. Um, and it was really hard for her. Like, I, I think if I remember this correctly, that she didn't have a lot of help. Like no one was willing to help her as much as as they said they were. Um, and she was having a really hard time. So my mom took her out of there. Like I think it was only like a week or two after being there. And she was like, okay, we're gonna find somewhere else for you to go because I'm not. She came. I think she would come home like crying like every single day. It was really bad. 
she so then we found this Henry Viscardi school and it was great like they came the bus came right to the house every day and she you know she, she went to that school and she actually works there now that's what she does now she works at the school she's like a counselor uh, a screener for like counseling she like screens students and stuff for for to find, match up with counselors so she's okay. um yeah she's doing really well and she has her own office and you know she's she's loving it so she sounds amazing so one of the things that I, um, that I really wanted to get into, some of the logistics of starting a business from home, you know, a lot of the people that listen, um, and, I've, and I've said this before on the podcast, I put a poll out, and I know that a lot of parents with children with special needs, the, the job thing is such a hard thing. It's, you know, it's too hard to hold a lot of jobs because of mm-hmm. the, um, the how present we need to be for our kids, like physically and mentally sometimes, you know, it's just too, you can't even really focus if you're, if you're so concerned about what's going on, but therapies and doctor's appointments, and then not being able to find a, a place where your child can go that's safe. And so that, you know, so a lot of parents are struggling with ha- having jobs or, or, which of course leads to financial struggles. And so, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm just hoping to like provide maybe some good resources, some good tips on starting a business or w- other ways that there are to earn some money, bring some money in. And uh, so if you want to, would you mind just speaking professionally about like what, what you do professionally? Yeah, okay. sure. I started my own business about a year, a year ago, um, October of 2017. I am currently do uh, Pinterest management. And I'm also a media editor, so I uh, edit video and podcasts. Um, and I also am a content creator, so I create content for people, strictly repurposing content. So taking old content and creating new content from it. Um, that's what I currently do right now. Um, I started my business after my second baby was born. Um, he was born September of 2017. And I knew before he was even born that I was not going to go back to my nine to five because I hated it. So I we're going to be a stay-at-home mom until at least until our eldest was in school. So I was trying to figure out ways to make money from home because we're going to go from a two to down to a one income house. I knew we'd be struggling. I didn't want us to be struggling. So I was just trying to think of ways to um, work from home. So I looked into a lot of different things. I looked into um, transcription, looked into data entry online. I looked into doing those surveys. You can do surveys to, to um, make a little bit of money. There are lots of different things you can do to make money from home. But if you're looking to do something that's, um, I guess, more substantial, more like that, that, that has to do with like your, your creativity or helping other people, um, there's, a, there's a little bit more that goes into it, starting your very own business. I mean, there's always things like, you know, Etsy, like if, you, if you're a crafter and creator, you can do that. There's plenty of, of agencies that do um, transcription. I was a transcriber for Rev for a while, which was really, really great. Um, it doesn't pay a lot when you first will you, start. Will you but, explain what that is for people? Yeah, Rev is a is an online transcription agency. So they hire people who, from anyone who, t- you take a test from them. And if you pass the test, they hire you to transcribe audio for people. So they have people come in um, and they submit audio files through this agency and they price their, they price the audio per help by the length. So if it's a really short clip, they do it by the length of the video, by length of the audio, excuse me. And then if you become a transcriber with Rev, um, you can, they have this whole big database of all the files that they have looking to get transcribed and you can choose whichever one you want. 
You don't have to, they don't assign you any. You can just choose the ones that you want. And then you transcribe them. You have to do it in a certain period of time. So if it's a smaller video, usually like between like three and five days. If it's longer, like an hour long video, they usually give you like a, like seven to 10 days to finish it, depending on the length of it. And then once you, once you do it, once you transcribe it, um, you submit it and then they, they pay you for it. And they usually pay you every, I think it was every two weeks or every month. Um, they pay you whatever you, you do for that month. Um, and it's, it was, it was great. I mean, I, I did it for a couple of months, um, while I was, while I was still pregnant and, um, you know, I didn't make a heck of a lot of money, but you know, it was like $200 here, $400 there. Right. Pays um, groceries. The, yeah. And the more you do it and, um, the more transcribing you do. And, and if you do really well, like they, every couple of weeks, they grade you on your progress. They have people check in and say, Oh, they random do like random checks on their audio to, to make sure to see, um, how the transcription matches the audio and they give you and they grade you on it. And the higher, the higher your grade is, um, eventually you become like, you start from like a beginner to like an advanced. And then after that, you can actually apply to be, a um, a moderator. So what moderators do is they are the people who once you, when someone first wants to become a transcriber and they pass the initial exam to get in before you can even start transcribing other clients audio, you have to do like a, like a trial. So I think it's about, I think it was two weeks, the two week or a one week trial where they give you sample audio and you have to transcribe it. And as a moderator, you're the person who goes in and checks all the audio and grades people. And then also you would do the random, the random checks of audio, of audio transcriptions as well um, to see who's doing really well and who's not and giving feedback and stuff like that. And that pays a lot higher. Um, so it's just, it was, it wasn't a lot, I only did it for a couple of months, but I'm sure if I stuck with it and I'm, if I was still doing it now, I'd probably be like up, like up the ladder, at least, at least the intermediate one. Uh -huh. um, and, and the more you do, you, the, they offer you the higher paying audios um, transcription projects and then you get paid more. So it was, it was a great, um, it was great to do. It was, it was fun. Um, but, uh, I ended up doing, cause I didn't really want to do that. I just did it to make extra money, but I'd, I'd enjoyed doing it. it. Um, it was definitely fun to do. So that's definitely an option that you can do. And there's more than just rev. There's a couple other ones too, that do transcription work as well. I don't remember the names off the top of my head, but Rev is okay. probably the most popular one. Okay. Um, so maybe do a Google search for a transcription agency. I didn't even know that was, a th I'm all inspired now. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> maybe this is something I could do. <laughs> yeah. It was, um, there was another one too that I don't remember what the heck it was called, but Rev was the one that actually, actually took the, took the test and I actually failed it. I got a failed response. And then like a month later, they emailed me again saying, oh, we reevaluated your work and we want you to be a transcriber. I'm like, awesome. Okay. So, <laughs> so there's, and you can, if, if you do take the test and, and you don't pass it, you can always, I think they give you um, 30 days, you can go back and retake the test again. So you can, you can keep doing it and, and see until you get it. And, and like that happened to me, sometimes they, you know, they, they change their standards and then they look at the people who were like maybe just about there before. Um, and then they give them a chance to, to come in and, and do it. So, so it's really fun. And I imagine for that one, maybe fast typing skills would be good. Yes. Fast typing skills. They do, they do check your word, word per minute. Um, they also check your grammar as well. So you have to be, um, will have at least, I think as they said, like basic English, but so basic English, advanced English, whatever. Um, but they do also offer, I 
um, other languages as well. So I think they have like a Spanish one as well. Mm -hmm. um, it's all within the same company. I don't know if they have um, what other languages they, they had, I don't remember. But I know they offer like different language transcriptions as well. So if you do speak another language or write in another language, that's definitely, you know, there's definitely room for that too, as well. So that was, um, that was, yeah, Rev is great. Definitely check it out. Okay. Where did you get the skills for the editing? And the, like, are these skills that you've picked up along the way? Or did you go to school? Did you study something at school? I did. I studied, I went to school for television production. So that was my, I have a master's degree in TV production. That's what I, and I focused on editing. So the video editing part um, was, I went to school for that. Right. Um, expecting to be, I wanted to be a television producer. That was my, that was my dream. Um, but uh, I, that didn't happen. I did work in the industry for about two years after I graduated, but then I was pregnant having a baby and the production world is very, very competitive and you pretty much start start from the very bottom of people's shoes and have to work your way up. And I was barely hovering over the bottom. So I was like, there's no way after having my, my son that I was gonna go back there because it was 12 hour days working um, and I didn't wanna miss any moments that I, that any moments at all with my baby. So um, so that, that, I, um, that I did went to go to school for, but the Pinterest thing, um, I actually didn't even have a Pinterest account. Um, when I first looking into looking for, um, work at home, work at home jobs, um, aside from Rev, I looked into becoming a virtual assistant and virtual assistant is basically someone who works remotely, who helps, uh, larger companies, small businesses, you know, entrepreneurs, whatever, um, do like small medial tasks like they do they make do phone calls for them um, manage their emails do data entry for them there's a whole big plethora of things you could offer as a virtual assistant so i ended up taking a course online um, for becoming a virtual assistant and everything you had to do and it laid the groundwork for me on how to start my own va business it showed me the services i could offer it showed me how to price those services it showed me how to create a simple website for your business um, it showed, it showed um, how to network on social media, how to build your audience and find the clients you want to work for, how to narrow down your target, your tar your target client as well, like who you want to work for, what, you, what, the, what industries they want to be in, what personality types, things, all that stuff matters um, when you're doing any type of virtual assistant work. I'm looking for your ideal client. Um, so I took the course before, in the summer before my second baby was born. And when I finished the course, I have like my website built and everything like that. The same woman who ran the course was opening up a Pinterest VA course in the fall. And I said, I'm going to take a crack at that because I'm not sure. Like I didn't even, I never even thought of being anything Pinteresty. Um, cause I, like I said, I didn't even have, I was never on, I, I had a profile like I made years ago. I never touched it after like a year. So I'm like, I'm going to look into this and see how this is. So I took the course and it, changed my life basically <laughs> it was the it was what I was looking for and when I first launched my business I probably offered everything under the sun and I didn't and I was floundering a lot the first few months I of my business opening launching I didn't have one a single client um, I did small little projects here and there I think December I made 50 bucks that month so it was a tough road but once I finished the Pinterest course and I really started doing that it started picking up the pace and that has really been my bread and butter the last year of my business. So it's, it's really was a skill that I learned online and 
honestly, being in Facebook groups, virtual assistant Facebook groups and Pinterest specific ones, asking questions, um, you know, reading blog posts of other professionals, all that's, um, that's the stuff that really, that really helps you develop what you want to do and in your business. So it's, it's, it takes time. It's nothing's going to be instant. Nothing you have to, it takes time. Um, and honestly I did, I worked on it whenever I had the chance to. So sometimes the kids were sleeping and I'd be up to like midnight reading, doing the course or going on Facebook and, you know, looking at people's comments on threads that I started about questions I was asking and things like that, but it's entirely doable. Um, and you just have to find what you want to do and, you know, make sure you know who you want to work with and, and, and just do it. Mm -hmm. A lot, a lot of people that I talk to about that work from home and have created their own business, it's all, there's so much that it's just, you know, it's in podcasting or it's in social media, like social media seems to play such a huge part in everything. And so it seems like you really have to understand, like you got to be able to work your way through it all. Right. Would you, would you agree or? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, and, and a lot of it just comes down to like, if, if you have the, if you had the option of working from home, if you're a stay at home mom looking to work from home, just make sure you're doing something that you love to do. So if say, say you do love Facebook, like you're always on Facebook talking to people and everything, um, you know, look into it a little more, like look up, look up how to do Facebook ads and, you know, start doing some on your own to start doing some for your friends and family and see how you do. And then eventually you could offer it as a service and people will pay you to do their Facebook ads. And like same with Instagram, people will pay you to post on their Instagram feed. They'll pay you for the Instagram stuff. They'll pay you for Pinterest management. People will do it because it's, this is, this is stuff that businesses need to do on their own, but they don't have time or don't want to do it on their own. So it's definitely something that is doable. Um, especially if you love to do it, if you're passionate about doing it, uh -huh. um, then just, just go for it. Cause there's, it does take time. Like I said, you gotta take some time. You gotta, you know, do a little bit of troubleshooting. Um, you're probably going to fail a lot in the beginning, but it's a learning experience and you can only become better from it. How would you recommend if somebody was like, well, I really, uh, I, I do really like Facebook. How do you get into the world of getting to make ads for people? Do you start with your friends? Do you start with people that you can talk to locally or? Um, my, my, my one suggestion, like say you want to start getting into, you want to do, go into the virtual assistant space and start doing, like you said, Facebook ads, let's just say. Um, the, the starting point is join some Facebook groups. There are tons of virtual assistant Facebook groups out there that are great resources for people who are looking to start an online business. And there are some specific Facebook ad groups as well, Facebook specific groups for people who do Facebook social media management. Um, so get into those groups, start picking people's brains, ask your questions, you know, get, get their feedback and get resources from them. And then just start diving in and, and doing it yourself. And, and as you're doing it, um, you know, as, as you're doing it, ask for people's feedback from your own stuff as well. And yes, doing it for like friends and family to start just to see, you know, get, to get you in there to, to see how the process works. I, I always believe, I always have a mentality that um, I'm, I'm always a doer. Like I, I could read anything I want on paper, but until I'm physically doing it myself, it doesn't really sink into my brain. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the best way to learn. Um, is just doing it yourself. Um, so doing it for, for your friends or your family is a great way to start as well. And then the more you do it and the more questions you ask and the, and the more times you're doing things and you find better ways to do it, the better you'll get at it. And then eventually you can build, you can build that up and, and, and start, you know, offering 
to help other people and eventually start, start a business from it. Yeah. Thank you. I think that's a lot of stuff that um, people can really, I mean, it all seems attainable that all of those. It is, it's, it is attainable. It, it, it is, um, like I said before, it's, it takes a lot of work Uh, unless something that like the video editing part for me was easy because I already knew it. I was, I went to school for it. Um, so it's, if, but that's all something you can, you can look at. Let's say you, if you went to school, let's say for writing or for English, like look into becoming a copywriter or looking, you know, that's, that's an avenue you can definitely take people. There are online copywriters out there who you can people hire online or editors, book editors, mm-hmm. um, blog editors, um, ghostwriters, anything like that. So you can take the skills that you already have and the things you already know and turn that into business online. Um, you know, depending, depending on what it is, but customer service too, doing phone calls, doing, um, booking people's travel, people will pay you to do that, right? From the comfort of your own home. So there's tons of different things you can do. Um, you just have to sit down and kind of prioritize what you already know and what you love to do. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, so this can lead into, uh, your podcast. Cause this, I imagine this is some of the stuff that you talk about in your podcast with yeah, um, my podcast is is called the Work and Home Mom Podcast. I interview moms who work from home, start have their own businesses online, and it's basically I interview them talking about their business business tips and also tips for for being a mom at home and raising raising a family. So um, yeah, it's really fun. I met a lot of amazing mom. I was called the mompreneurs, amazing mompreneurs on there, giving some great advice on, on, on business and, and raising kids. And it's been really, really fun and rewarding experience. And I, I just do it for fun. I don't do it for like, you know, the glitz and glamour of podcasting, <laughs> but I just love me, meeting these, these moms and hearing their stories and, and, and their advice that they're giving other people. It's, it's I basically started to hopefully inspire other, other moms out there who are stay at home moms, take the plunge and, and, and dive into uh, starting their own businesses and, and raising happy families. Great. Yeah, I think that there will be a lot of people listening to this podcast that may head over that way because I think they could relate and could appreciate it. And I love that you said the glitz and glamour of podcasting (laughs) because... Well, I'm in a couple of podcast groups and a lot of them are like, how do you get affiliates? How do you get sponsors? Blah, 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 blah. They're all worried about like making money. And you know, uh-huh. if, it's, if that happens, that's great. You know, that's awesome. But if it doesn't, then whatever, you know, I don't care. <laughs> I don't yeah. care one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's kind of how this one is. I mean, I certainly don't make money doing this, um, but it feels important and feels good to do it. So, uh, well, yeah, I will definitely check out your podcast and I I really appreciate you coming on and just giving some tips and some practical advice. Uh, This is really, really some good stuff here. So is there anything that you wanted to mention before we get off here or anything we didn't cover? Um, The the only other thing I want to mention is that, you know, if you're looking into starting your own business or doing some, some work from home with, with your little ones, just, you know, don't kill yourself, you know, don't, stay up till three and because I'm guilty of this. Don't be the one who stays up till three in the morning, working on things, getting two hours of sleep between getting up, nursing a baby and going back to bed. Um, you know, just don't, don't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just take the time that you have, know what time that you have and just prioritize it. I know it's hard for a lot of moms out there, especially moms that have special needs, children going to appointments, doctors, feedings, physical therapies, whatever it may be. So just, just make sure that you're not, if you, something that you want to do, just, just take your time and there's no rush. I know sometimes financial 
difficulties happen and you always, and you want to make money as quickly as possible to help your family. But it's, if you, if you nurture this idea and take the time to nurture it and, and don't, and rest and take care of yourself and your family, it'll, it'll come. Like I said, it took me four months to get my foot in the door, um, with my own business. So I was making any money for about three and a half, for about three and a half to four months from starting my business. And, and now I make money every single month, but that's only because I was, you know, I learned from my mistakes. Mm -hmm. I, I took time to, 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 to nurture, nurture what I wanted to do. Um, I asked questions, always ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. There's always people out there willing to help you. Um, the, the, the community of online workers is immensely supportive. So never feel like you're alone. There's always someone who's going through, who's gone through the same things or is going through the same things and will lend an ear and, and great advice. So that's, uh, that's my spiel. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. And Facebook groups. I mean, I have, I'm on a Facebook group for podcasting. I'm on a Facebook group for self-publishing. I mean, I, I hit both those up regularly for information and, and uh you know trying to figure out what the next step so yeah definitely. yeah yeah you just gotta find the ones that work for you i mean there's a lot of them out there so just um, and boss moms is a great one too that's basically a facebook group that is all moms who have their own businesses um so even if you don't have a business yet going in there and just asking questions i'm sure there's tons of people in all varieties of industries that could help help you answer any questions too yeah great Oh, this has been awesome. Thank you. There's so much. There's so oh, much. Oh, yeah, here. no problem. Pleasure to be on here. I'm very happy to to help any uh, any moms out there who are who are um thinking about doing it or struggling and figuring out how to how to bring in some money from home. So, yeah, if it helps anybody, I'm happy to, I'm happy to be here. Mm -hmm.